Father, we just lift this night up to you. We ask that you would just speak to our hearts. Father, what you want. Speak through me and let everything about me go. Father, I just thank you for all the women here. Father, I pray that you bless their time here. Father, that you would just bless their walks towards you, Lord, that their life would be a blessing to others, that they would um, more and more walk on your path, that you would smooth it out for them, that you would widen it for them, that they would be a blessing to those around them. We just thank you and praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a handout to write, and yours has the scriptures that I'm going to be going over a lot of scriptures. You won't have time to turn to them all because I'm going to be going pretty fast. So um, the ones that are there are the ones referenced that I'm going to talk about. And the ones at the bottom are ones that I looked up. I look up a lot of scriptures. I think that you can teach by just teaching the word. You know, what I have to say is, is little compared to what God has to say about anything. So the ones at the bottom are just the extra ones that I thought were fun about uh, the path, you know, that God puts us on. So my name is Kim Spihar. I have been walking with the Lord for 45 years. I, um, let's see, I married almost 30 years. I have three wonderful children. I have a 29-year-old, almost 29-year-old who's in the Marines, he's stationed in Japan. And then I have twins, and one of them lives here, my girl lives here, and my son lives in Tennessee. So um, it's been a blessing to um, be in the church. I've been in Calvary's for 40 years. 40 years? Yeah, I've been in Calvary's for 40 years. That's a God thing. So, but anyway, I was so excited when Claudia asked me to teach Proverbs 4. I read through it, and it's got a lot of words about path. It's got a lot about paths. And my whole life is like, I, I love all my, my Bible is all marked up. All the scriptures about paths. I buy little books. My, I've got pictures in my house that are of paths. So paths are fun for me. So this is really fun for me to be able to share with you. So um, let's open up to Proverbs 4, and I'm hopefully going to share a little, just a few little things out of this book. Oh, I'll start, while you're turning, I'll start with the first one of them. The Bible is alive, it speaks to me, it has feet, it runs after me, it has hands, it lays hold of me, and that's Martin Luther. So while you're turning, I'll turn to the next one. And this has fallen apart. It's all in pieces. So the next one is D.L. Moody. It says, let God have your life. He can do more with it than you can. So, okay, so let's go to Proverbs 4. And the first verse is, um, hear my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. We see Solomon take his attention from his son to his children. Um, the father is a role model for the father in heaven. In the family, the father's role with his children is so important. Fathers have command over their children. I would say something and the kids would yawn. My husband would say it and they would jump and do it. So it's just that commanding voice that fathers have is so much easier with our kids than I would raise my voice and it didn't even matter. So, um... Let's go on to Psalm 34, 11. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you 
the fear of the Lord. It begins with hear, then give attention. It's as if he knows they are hesitant to listen. As much as we pour into our children, they will make their own choices as they grow up. I brought mine up telling them stories, and I know they got tired of it sometimes, but um, what's fun is they come back to me, and those stories were lessons for them. And they remember the lessons, and they came back and they thanked me for my goofy stories. Some of them they heard over and over and over again, but it was fun. Young moms, don't stop trying to teach them. Read the word to them every day. When they run into trouble, they will run back to it. So verses 2, 3, and 4. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Solomon was confident in what his father had taught him. He knew it was sound, and he, we, knew he, we know he was very young when he became king. Uh, 1 Kings 3.7 says, But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out and to come in. First Chronicles 29.1 says, Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, who alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. First Chronicles 28.6 says, Now I said to me, Now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. The good thing is if we grow up without an earthly father, as I did, the heavenly father makes up for that absence. He becomes our Abba Father. So if you grew up without a father, you can rely on the Lord. He will be that father for you. So Solomon asked for wisdom in 1 Kings 3.9. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? It pleased God that this is what he had asked for, when he could have asked for many, many other things. In 1 Kings 3.12, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there... Has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any be like you arise after you. Our heart is where our desires reside. We need to keep God's wisdom as the focus of our heart. Verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. The key word in Proverbs is wisdom, as we've been studying and we will continue to study. It is the ability to apply godly knowledge. The contrary to to wisdom is foolishness. Knowing something and not doing it is foolish. To live a godly life in an ungodly world certainly is fitting today. It is not easy. Solomon was the pinnacle of Israel's wise men. And I feel like whenever somebody speaks of Solomon, it's kind of with an asterisk. Haven't you noticed? It's almost with a sadness or an apology that he started his life out. He was so blessed by God. But then what happened? He fell into folly. So it's a reminder that any one of us can fall away from the Lord and fall into foolishness. So we have to guard our hearts and we have to watch our walk. 
So if it could happen to Solomon, it could happen to us. So the verb get really has the same sense, has the sense to buy or to purchase. It is something to have, to acquire, something it is at a cost to us, but it is our privilege to seek out God's wisdom in everything in our life, to pray and ask for it. Wisdom must be kept and it must be cherished. Let's go to verse 6. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. We need to have a listening ear to the Holy Spirit. A good example of this is last year when I was scooping up after my dogs. So I was in the backyard getting ready for company. I was getting ready for my fellowship the next day. I had just come in town. And for some reason, I felt like I needed to clean up the back of my yard to have people in the house, which makes no sense at all. But I'm hurrying and I'm cleaning. And the Lord impressed on my heart that something was wrong. And I knew that check. You know that check when the Holy Spirit says, excuse me, you need to stop what you're doing. And I'm arguing with the Lord going, okay, I need to finish. Let me hurry. Let me finish this really fast. And the Lord kept on impressing on my heart that something was really wrong. So I'm barring with him. I told him I would run in the house after I was done. Let me just finish what I'm doing because I was almost done. So I'm going along the grass. And I'm taking care of my son's dog at the time, and I had my two dogs. So I've got three dogs around 80 to 90 pounds. So they come running out of a bush. My dog is out front. His dog is chasing him. And boom, my dog runs into me and breaks my leg. So that was last December. Well, I canceled my fellowship. (laughs) I canceled a lot. But um, I ended up, because of the way that I broke my leg and I did the ligaments and everything. I couldn't walk on my leg for, you know, a couple of months. But anyway, it was a hard lesson. It was a good lesson. I learned a lot from it. But when the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, don't ignore it. If God says stop, stop. So, or there can be consequences. So, but, uh, so, Uh, When you love God's wisdom and seek it out, we don't hide, we don't deny it, and we don't ignore it when it's there. So let's go on to verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all of your getting, get understanding. So wisdom is the principal thing. But what is it without understanding? And a good example of this is when Jesus taught the parables. The disciples listened to God's wisdom, but they didn't understand. So they asked what it meant. They wanted to understand what the parables meant. When we read the word, it is by the Holy Spirit that we understand it. Before we had the Holy Spirit and you read the word, did you understand it? No. No, it was hard. So how many times do we have something happen in our lives and we ask the Lord for wisdom and we're reading the word and the answer is right there for us? Many, many times he answers us from the word. That is why it is so important to keep in the word daily. And Pastor Jim is good at reminding us that. It's true, though. You do over and over find his answers there. Um, and Like the disciples, we should be asking to understand it as we, we read the word. Verse 8, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. King David taught his children to embrace wisdom, to honor and value her. So much that when the Lord asked Solomon what he wanted, 
the thing that he valued above everything else was wisdom. He wanted to be a good king, reigning with, um, with the Lord's wisdom, not his own. The word embrace means to accept willingly and enthusiastically. The act of holding closely. Exalt means to raise the, into the highest place in your life. God wants us to keep wisdom closely and hold it in a place of high importance in our life. Verse 9. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. The love and pursuit of wisdom is rewarded. Wisdom brings honor and an ornament. When I think of glory, it's always glory of the Lord. So I think a crown that wisdom places on our head is for the glory of the Lord. It shines his glory. To the point, um, to the Lord, sorry, I got lost my place. Um, we are an ornament of grace that the Lord has given to us. It's a treasure. So verse 10, hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Here we go back to instruction from Solomon, as he remembers from his father, King David. It will add years to your life. We know that sin brings disease, and it brings unwise choices. It can lead to an early, early death. But it doesn't mean that if a child dies young, it was from sin. So it's just that it can mess up our life. We can have a lot of consequences from it. So verse 11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have let you, led you in the right paths. Now, I, when I start studying, I always um, study the word, you know, I really study the word, and then I look at the commentaries and see what they have to say and see if they can see it, say it better than me. So I liked uh, one of the things that I actually found in Second Proverbs in the in the in a commentary, and it talked Walt Walt Key talked about a good path track Magal. It refers to cart tracks or wagon ruts. While the earth is soft, wagon wheels press the trails that others are obliged to follow after it dries and hardens. A track is not a road that has come into existence without people moving on it, but it is that which on and in which people move. We will make tracks and ruts and paths in our own life for us to walk in. And we will also walk in the paths of others. Wisdom helps us to make good and useful ruts for our life. It, it helps us to make good habits. There are good habits and there are bad habits. It is our duty to keep forging and choosing the good habits. It is when we continue in godly habits that it becomes easier to stay in those habits and those ruts. When I looked up path in Blue Letter Bible, I didn't find all the ones that I knew were there. So I looked up path, and then I decided to look up paths. And the interesting thing, and I like doing word studies like that. I'm always doing them. So when I looked at paths, plural, it had all the wicked, evil, you know, the wicked and the evil choose this path, you know, are on this, these paths. And I thought it was interesting. God spoke to my heart and said, it's singular because there's one path to heaven. It's plural because there's many paths that lead to, lead to evil. So I thought that was cool that you find these little treasures, these little things that God shares with you. 
So we will all have choices on our path. And as we studied Shifra and Pua, um, the, the choice that they made when they were asked to kill the sons of the Hebrew women, they chose to obey the Lord instead of the king. No matter what the circumstances were to them, they decided to obey. They told the king that the women gave birth quickly. So did they lie? No. They just told them what they thought, you know, they could tell him. And uh, the Lord gives us opportunities to obey him. And it, what it really comes down to is, do we fear man or do we fear the Lord more? And do we trust the Lord? Hopefully it is the Lord, as the Hebrew midwives gave us a great example here. So verse 12, when, we, when you walk, take your steps. Oh, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. God is telling us, <clears throat> oh, that went down great. God is telling us the provisions of wisdom. When we abide in it, we are blessed. Think of when you were trying to do something and you were hindered. It was difficult. God is telling us if we walk in his wisdom, we are not hindered. When we run, we're not going to stumble. So, and there are a lot of the scriptures I gave it to you. In there, there's scriptures about the wicked that will stumble. So, Psalm 84:11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Hosea 14:9 says, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them. But transgressors stumble in them. Galatians, Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Colossians 4.5 says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. So we're to walk in wisdom. Verse 13, take firm hold of instruction and do not let it go. Keep her for she is your life. Again, we are to take firm hold and embrace instruction. Because the world certainly does not want us to. Verses 14 and 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it and do not travel in it. Turn away from it and pass on. So um, in a commentary I read there's a little note that Ross said this. And I think this is really cool. Think about it. Don't take the first step. For you may not be master of your destiny thereafter. I'll say it again. Don't take the first step, for you may not be master of your destiny thereafter. So we are to turn away from it and pass on. That means we will have to make choices to avoid it. It seems to be everywhere these days. Watching the news is a window to how evil the world truly is right now. Watching almost anything on TV, there is an agenda. You may say, I can watch this, it's okay, and think it doesn't affect you. It affects it, you. It affects all of us. So we were talking recently of how before, years, years before, you would start watching a show, and you'd get through the first season. You'd think, oh, that, that was okay. It wasn't too bad. And the second season, boom, it would hit you, and it would be awful. 
Now, you can, I like medical shows. It's like one of my little things. But serious, you'll, you'll watch the first show and it'll be okay. And it's the second show that gets you. And there was one show I watched the first one and I thought, uh, you know. And the second one, what happened in the beginning, I could not get the TV off fast enough. It was so jarring and it was so evil. It shook me. So God doesn't want us to be exposed to all of that. So he wants to guard our hearts, and he wants us to make sure that what we're putting in is edifying. So children's movies and video games are indoctrinating our kids at a young age. It is sometimes subtle, and then sometimes it's not subtle at all. It's right out there. We constantly have to make choices. Do we want to please God with our time, or we want to be self-pleasing? Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit who puts that check in our heart that we know something is wrong. It's at that moment that we choose to turn away from it and to pass on. Verses 16 and 17. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Sin does not sleep. It is always searching. It wants company too. So our enemy does not rest. He does not sleep, and he does not take vacations. The news is a reminder of the wickedness and the violence, violence that's in our world right now. So Job 28, 28 says, And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Psalm thirty four fourteen says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 97.10 says, You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of the saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is how we know what is evil. God gives us discernment and tells us to walk away. Isaiah 59.8 says, The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. So let's go on to verse 18. So, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. When I'm going to teach, I read my text every day with my daily reading. And one of the days I read, you know, Proverbs 4, and then I read in Matthew 17, where Jesus is transfigured, and it says, His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. I love that Jesus lights what we're reading, and he speaks to our heart. Over and over again, you read through the word, and he just, he makes it alive. It comes alive, and you go, oh, this is what you're talking about, Lord. So um, Psalm 119.105, we all know, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Isaiah 2.5 says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. He lights our path, and the more we walk with him, the brighter it becomes. It says even brighter to the perfect day. The perfect day is that day that we stand in front of him in his glory in heaven. On that perfect day, we get to be with our Lord. 
So when we have light, we do not stumble. We can see clearly. So when I started reading commentaries, I read that it, God, you know, says, okay, yeah, you're right here. And then he says, okay, let me give you a couple others. So I was reading the commentaries, and the other two examples that I thought were really cool is they said on a moonlit night, full moon, that it's no clouds or anything, that it's shining on your path. And you know how bright that looks when you're walking at night and you have full moonlight on a path? It's really pretty. And the other one was when the sun is just rising in the morning. You know how it's dark and the sun comes up and it starts to illuminate everything and the sun shines on everything and makes the darkness escape? So that's the other thing is the sun rising. So I thought that was neat. So... um John eight twelve, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying again, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So let's go on to verse 19. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. David Guzik said, One of the tempter's chief strategies is to hide the consequences of our path. How many times do we make a bad choice, not even thinking of the consequences? And boom, it runs out of a bush and it gets you. So let's go on to John twelve thirty-five. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk, walk while you have light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. It is hard when you have loved ones and people that you have friends that are stumbling around in the darkness. You see them stumbling. They have no direction. They have no clarity. And they also, they don't listen. So that's hard. I know we all have people in our, people in our lives like that. So let's go on to verses 20 and 22, 20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. As we read in Romans 6, uh, 12 and 13, this tells us not to let sin reign in our mortal body, but we should present ourselves to God as being alive from the the dead and to know um, and your mem- members are instruments of righteousness to God. Our body is important serving the Lord. There are many ways of living in obedience and living in disobedience. First Corinthians six nineteen through 20 says, or do you not know that your body is the temple temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, so let's go on to verses 23 and 24. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. These two scriptures go together. Matthew 15, 18 says, But those which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. In every way we glorify God with our speech, or we detract from God with it. If this is something you struggle with, pray for God to give you control over your tongue. Lay it at his feet and ask him, just give it to him. Verse 25 Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. I have learned in all things the importance of keeping my focus on the Lord at all times. 
that if I look at everything through the Lord's lens, it's more clear. If you don't look through the Lord's, the Lord's lens, you will be taken off to the side. So um, we, are, we, we are not to get distracted. Think of when you're driving. If you focus on the road, you drive straight, right? If you look to the side, you have trouble that your car wants to go to the side. So that's a good illustration that we go where our focus is. So to be pleasing to God, we need to keep looking at him and keep our focus on him. Um, If I look at a situation out of his view, I become disheartened and I become hopeless. Verses 26 and 27. Ponder the path of your feet and let all of your ways be established. Do not turn to the right and do not turn to the left. Remove your foot from evil. We are to think of our path, to examine it, to make a plan. If we have a godly plan, it helps us. It's easier to follow him and not to get off track and not to be distracted from the way of wisdom. Ponder means to think about something carefully and deeply especially before making a decision or coming, reaching a conclusion in a matter. We also looked earlier at what establishes our path. It is by keeping on it, making a well-worn, godly path. It is to set up, a firm, it is to set up on a firm or a permanent basis. Turning to the left or turning to the right are the distractions that we have in our lives. It takes our focus off of the Lord. Remove your foot from evil. There's evil all around. We step step in it before we know it's there. And it's a choice that we have to remove ourselves from. God always gives us a way of escape, even though the consequences might be hard. And this is where I'm going to share a little story with you. And I'll try to be quick because I think I'm time-wise. Are we? She doesn't know. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to share it quick. So... My husband and I like to snorkel a lot, and we took our kids to Maui in 2006, and we were hitting all the snorkeling spots, and it was really fun, but he found a little spot in a book that was really hard to get to, was what the locals knew. So it was out on the dry side of the island where the volcano had erupted, and there was all this lava rock. So you have to park in one parking lot, and then you have to walk a half mile down the road, and then you have to look for the mile marker, And where the mile marker is, you climb up over the lava. And when you get over the lava, there's a path. It's faint, but it's on the lava rock. So there's red dots. So the locals have painted red dots along the way. So here is the path, and here's the lava rock. What does it look like? It's really desolate, right? So that's a whole field of lava rock. There's the path. And the cool thing about it is that it's there because when you go out to the ocean, there's this beautiful cove, and it's got all these wonderful fish in it. It's calm. It's protected from the ocean. It's on the southern tip of the island, and it's on the southern tip of the island because the uh, military during the war went out. Of all things, there's like two parking lots against the ocean and then this huge lava field. They don't choose the two parking lots to build a cove that they were using as a lookout. They walk through a mile of the lava To get to this point, they build up. So that's see behind my kids and my husband. And this is 2006. So see that thing that's built out there? That's man-made. So it's this beautiful spot. So the end of 2006, 
My husband and I decide to hike out there again. We go out, we're snorkeling, only two other people there. The last time we'd been there, a couple decided that it was shorter to go from the parking lot to the cove, and they hiked across the lava field without a path. By the hours later, by the time they got there, they were all cut up, they had no water, they were, I mean, they went along the ocean, but it was that rocky and that hard to walk through. So having that path was really, it was keeping on a path to get to a point. So we go out there. There's two ladies out there snorkeling. So they're snorkeling. We're snorkeling. Beautiful day. And they decide to hike back out. Well, it's really a desolate area. We're the only ones there. So we say, wait a second. We're going to hike out with you. So my husband and I, it's a little tricky to get out. You have to get up on the path. So we get out. We've been snorkeling for a while. So I don't know if any of you have been on the ocean much, but cruises and stuff, you slosh around. You're a little dizzy. So we hurry to hike out. My husband looks back to see that beautiful view, and I fall off the path into a ravine. So I go off the path. I fall into a ravine, and I'm running down in the ravine, and I realize how bad I'm injuring myself. So I fall down, and then I'm all cut up because it's lava rock. So these women are like, oh, no, oh, no, she's all cut up. But that wasn't the big thing. I fell down to take myself out of the bad situation that I had gotten into. And that's where the Lord, sometimes when you're out and you're off the path, the consequences of what you have to do to say, okay, Lord, I'll take these consequences to get back on the path. And that day, I had to fall down. But what happened was I tore a ligament off the bone in my left foot I severely broke my right foot. I tore a tendon in it. Couldn't put weight. I ended up not being able to put any weight eventually on my right foot till they could do surgery on my left. But I hiked that mile out of that lava field <laughs> on my feet. God gives us the adrenaline to do what we need to do. As soon as they got, you know, we got me in the car, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't walk. But God got me out of there. So think of that path, if I had not fallen off that path. But we have to be careful to keep on God's path in life. So God has prepared our way. We have a path to be on. And it is blessed by the Lord to ponder daily the path of our feet and to examine our life. That it is established and that our focus stays on the Lord. So let's pray. That's it. So let's pray. So Father, we just come before you. I thank you for this time together. I pray as everybody goes into their groups that you would just give them a wonderful discussion. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, for our ability to be able to understand it. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would be over everything tonight. We thank you for the ladies bringing the food. We ask that you bless that time, that you would give us sweet fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read one more thing, as if to keep you longer. I have one last thing that I like out of here. So we cannot impart what we do not possess. It is vital that we nurture a passion for God's word and wisdom in our own hearts and that we treasure his truth deep within us. Then we will have something to offer to others. 
Surely, and this is Martin Lloyd-Jones, surely the essence of wisdom is that before we begin to act at all or attempt to please God, we should discover what it is that God has to say about the matter. So that's it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you.